Open up your Bibles. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Today I'm talking about how to overcome sorrow. How to overcome sorrow. Sorrow is a very nasty thing. Because sorrow is not just being sad or, or feeling some grief. Sorrow gets in your very being. Sorrow consumes your mind, takes over your emotions. Sorrow is, is, is it, it literally puts a weight upon your soul that you can't even see things correctly. You can't even think things correctly because of the weight of, of brokenness, the weight of sorrow that's upon your life. And it could come through so many ways. It could come through maybe someone we love passed away or maybe uh, there was a broken marriage or someone we trusted did something negative to us. Maybe someone abused us. Sorrow or, or a dramatic accident. Sorrow comes in many ways. And there are Sorrows that, 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 you know, all of us go through sorrows. All of us face times where we are overwhelmed with grief, where we experience something that nobody wants to experience, but it's a part of life that we do go through those things. But it doesn't mean that, that just because we go through those things that this is a permanent condition. Sorrow is not supposed to be something that, that weighs you down constantly. You might be going through sorrow, but the Bible says that joy comes in the morning. You're supposed to turn it. The Lord wants to turn it around, amen. There, it's okay to cry. It's okay to grieve. And it's okay to go through times where, where you, might be, you might have been hurt by something. But don't stay there. You have to rise up and let God restore your cup of joy and your peace and let God heal your heart, amen. And so I want to talk about overcoming sorrow, amen. How many of you have ever lost a loved one? We all have. We all have gone through sorrows, amen. And so, what, you know, for, I might not even give an example of something you're going through, but you know what I mean when I talk about sorrows. You know what I mean when I talk about that, that emotional pain, that, that pain that stays in your very soul. It might be a situation you're going through even right now that nobody knows, and you might have covered your faith, face with makeup and tried to hide uh, from people seeing that you've been sad or crying, but... but I want to let you know that nobody could cover you like the Lord. The Lord will cover you today. The Lord will set you free. The Lord will heal your heart. Today is a day of deliverance in Jesus' mighty name. Before I read this scripture to you, before I talk more about sorrow, about how to overcome sorrow, I want to instill one truth in your life and let this truth be forever established, forever established. Uh, let this be the truth of your life, amen. And that one truth is God is good. God is good. Because many people who do not know that God is good, when they go through a time where their heart is broken or sorrow starts to rise up inside their life, they want to blame God for their problems. Because they don't know that God is good. He's not the author of that pain. He's not the author of that sorrow. But he surely could be the deliverer of that. He surely could be the healer of that. Amen. So everybody say, God is good. What happened every time the presence of the Lord filled the temple? They began to cry out, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Can you say that with me? God is good and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good, 
and his mercy endures forever. One more time. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. And so God is not your problem. He is your answer. Amen. Hallelujah. So I just want to encourage you never to forget, never forget that. The Lord is good. God is good all the time. Isaiah 53 verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he, and they're talking about Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Amen. And I want you to see that because Jesus is an all-sufficient Savior. In other words, he, is a, he has paid the price for your salvation in every area. Some people, they only see Jesus as the one that is, has, uh, has paid the price for their sins. But he also paid the price for your sorrows. He also paid the price for your griefs. He also paid the price for your, for your shame. Amen. He is an all-sufficient Savior. You find everything in Jesus. Amen. And so the Bible says that he bore your, our griefs. Amen. And carried our sorrows. That word bore, born is, 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 uh, is very unique. It's B-O-R-N-E according to the, the King James, New King James as well. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And that definition is to carry, accept, and take responsibility for. Let me say that again. To carry, accept, and take responsibility for. There was a situation that happened to me when I was in Africa. There was a minister that I was working with, and he began to speak to people in the community about not just my ministry. He was someone I was working with, but he was not only just speaking to them about my ministry, but he began to take money for them for me to do certain things that he promised them. He, he, began, he used it as a scheme, as a con. And I didn't know anything about this. I'm thinking, what is this guy doing? He took the money, he ran off, and the people came to me, told me everything that he had promised them. I asked them, I said, what did he do? And he, they told me the whole scheme. Now, I did not do anything to them. I did not rob them. It was not my intentions to, to hurt them in any way. So I went to the local pastor and I said, how many people did he hurt? And he, they told me how many people he hurt. I said, how much did he take? And he told me how much he took. He said, I'm going to pay everyone what they lost. I'm going to pay them all back what they lost. Now, I didn't take any money. I didn't make anything out of this. It was, I, was, I was completely innocent. The man just took my name and used it and people believed him and gave it to him. And I paid everything back, not because I felt guilty or ashamed, but because I chose to bore, to, to carry the load of the guilt and shame so that those people could be healed. I didn't want them to ever look at a man of God or a preacher or a minister or ever look at me and consider my testimony as negative. I wanted to make sure that, that my name was good in their, size, their eyes because the Bible says a good name is more precious than gold and silver. I had nothing to do with it. 
but I bore the brunt of, of, the, of the, 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 the theft, and I made sure that everybody was paid in full. I want to let you know that Jesus carried all your sorrow. He paid the price at the cross for your sorrow, for your shame, for your guilt, for your pain. All of it, he bore it upon himself. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't have to carry it. He didn't have to carry the pain of, of losing a loved one or the pain of, 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 of being abused or pain of people who have, who have neglected you. He didn't have to do it. But the Bible said he took it all at the cross. He borne our, 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 our sorrows. He borne our guilt. He borne our shame. He carried it all at the cross. He made payment for your freedom. Amen. As free as Jesus... As, as, as great as Jesus paid the price of his blood for your sins is as, as great as he paid the price for your sorrows. How many believe that by the stripes of Jesus you are healed? The healing for sorrows was paid with the same price. He paid it all. He is an all-sufficient Savior. Amen. And, and you might be carrying something. You're saying, man, I don't, know, I, I don't know how I could get past this hurt, get past this pain. It's found in Jesus. Jesus does not expect you to carry it the rest of your life. According to his word, that he, made a pri he paid the price for you. Amen. Hallelujah. And so he is an all-sufficient savior. Amen. He carried our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Amen. He took responsibility. For your griefs. He took responsibility for your sorrows. Amen. Now go to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Hallelujah. And we're going to be talking about how to overcome sorrows. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, the story of David. David and his, and his men went, on a, went out and they left the, the area that they were at. And enemy came in. And took all of their possessions, took all of their family, took the wives, the children. And when, the, when all of David's men came back, they were so sorrowful and they were such distressed that they were getting ready to kill David because they had lost everything. What did David do? In 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 6 it says, Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. I want to talk about two keys to overcoming sorrows. The first key is you have to encourage yourself in the presence of God. Look at your neighbor and say, encourage yourself. I thank God for preachers and pastors and ministers and family and friends that want to put their arms around you and encourage you in their time of sorrow. But... Really, your true healing is going to happen when you finally encourage yourself in the very presence of God. David went to the Lord and he began to encourage himself in the, in the, in the presence of God. The Bible says, in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand side, pleasures forevermore. And, and so you have, to, you have to encourage yourself. Say, I'm going to encourage myself. 
That's where you begin to worship God. That's where you begin to praise God. That's where you begin to thank God. You begin to spend time with God and begin to seek God for the answers that you're searching for. You know, I don't, I don't know why tragedy comes. I don't understand the reason why someone had to die before their time. Or I don't understand why my heart had to go through the pain of, of a brokenness that happened in my life. But in spite of what I feel or don't understand, I'm going to trust the Lord with all my heart and I'm going to begin to encourage myself in his presence and let him fix whatever is broken in my life. Amen. You have to encourage yourself. That's where you get into the spirit. You know, there's, there's one thing where you worship God in a room filled with people in a church or, or amongst brothers. But when you get on your face before God and you see God face to face instead of, instead of seeing God just in the midst of people, you have to be intimate with the Lord. Especially when it becomes, when, when you're dealing with intimate things. When you're dealing with intimate things, you got to get intimate with God. That's where you draw his presence close to you. Listen, God is not far. He's available. He's waiting for you just to call upon him. And he will show up strong upon your life. But, but it's not until you reach out to the Lord and begin to cry out to God and spend time with God, he will begin to restore your soul in his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. So you get into the spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Now go with me to Isaiah 61. So the very first key is encourage yourself. Just like David encouraged himself and he received answers, he received direction, and the Lord restored everything that he lost, you have to go into the presence of God and hear what God says. In Isaiah 61, beginning in verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, to counsel those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. As you are seeking God and encouraging yourself, you have to begin to praise him. You have to praise him. And as you praise him and as you worship him, he will begin to pour out his oil. It says to give them. The oil of joy. God has some oil waiting for you in his presence. That he wants to pour out upon you. Not joy that you created, but joy that he has available for you. And it's the oil of joy. Not the oil to make it another day. Or to be able to endure. Or to be able to breathe. I'm talking about oil of joy. When God gives you joy, it's in spite of your circumstances. When God gives you joy, it's a joy that's full of glory. It's a joy unspeakable. It flows out of the innermost part of your being. Amen. It doesn't mean that you're happy about the situation. But when the oil of joy comes upon you, you receive a joy that this world does not know about. A joy that this world cannot provide. Amen. As you praise him, look at your neighbor and say, I got to praise him. The Bible says he will put on you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's the, one of the, that's the second thing that God will give you 
when you begin to re reach out to God and spend time with God and seek him for, your, for, for healing in the area of sorrow, he'll give you joy and he'll put a garment of praise upon you. Where you begin to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ and everything that flows out of your heart and out of your mouth is about the glory and the goodness of God. You begin to thank God, you know, because when you're going through a problem, you're going through sorrow, many of us, we just keep our mouth shut. And when we do open up our mouth, all we have is a complaint. All we have is the a testimony of the negative things that happen. But when you begin to praise God, you begin to lift up God higher than your problem. You begin to lift up God higher than your pain. You begin to declare the glory of the Lord in the place. You know, the enemy does not know what, he could, what to do about that. When he sent something to try to destroy you, and he hurt you in the most intimate and deepest ways, but in the midst of your pain, you could give God praise. The enemy does not know what to do with that. When he begins to hear praise coming forth from your lips, when he, all that you have, all that you should be doing is crying because of the suffering that you've been going through. But you could praise God in the midst of the suffering. The enemy doesn't know what to do that. Because when you could get to a place of praising God in the midst of your suffering, you just put on something that didn't come from this world. You put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We get weighed down sometimes with how much sorrow and pain and that heaviness upon us. But God wants to put that garment of praise that when you put on that garment of praise, instead of you upholding yourself in the midst of your pain, God begins to uphold you in the midst of your pain. And you shall stand in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The third gift that God gives you in times of sorrow is rest. Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, one of the, the issues that happens when we're going through a time of sorrow is that we can't stop thinking about that thing. Everything about our mind and our thoughts, and the more we think about it, the more the emotions of, of sorrow rises up. We think about it day and night. We find ourselves crying in the midnight hour. We don't know when we fell asleep and when we woke up, but we find ourselves when we wake up just as tired as when we went to bed. But Jesus has some rest for you. He says, come to me if you're weary, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That rest that, God ha that Jesus has for you is a gift. You don't earn it. You don't work for it. You receive it by faith. Amen. And then the fourth gift that God gives you in your time of sorrow that he makes available for you to come out and be delivered is supernatural peace. And the reason why I call it supernatural peace, in John chapter 14, verse 27, if you all would like the notes, you can find it on our website. They'll be up this afternoon. But in John chapter 14, verse 27, 
It says, peace I leave with you. Then it says this, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Whose peace? It's his peace. The peace of Jesus. He gives it to you as a gift. My peace I give to you. Just like he gave us salvation. Just like he gave us healing. Just like he gave us provision. The peace of Jesus Christ is a gift given to you as well. So it's not a normal peace. It's not a peace just to endure or make it to the next day. It's the peace of Jesus Christ. Amen. A place of rest. A place of strength. A place of victory. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to ask the worship team to come on up. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you about just three times, and there's been many times, but I've learned how to run to the Lord and find the answer that I need in my time of sorrow. I might have a bad day, but I won't have a bad year. I won't have a bad month, and I definitely won't have a bad life. I've learned how to run to God and to receive these four gifts that God has for us. And so I wanted to share three testimonies, but it was part of my education of learning how to receive deliverance from our sorrows. Sometimes the sorrows is not something that negative happens. Sometimes that sorrow is overweight of the responsibility of the decisions you have to make. When I graduated from high school, I had to decide what my future was going to be. It was the first time my mom, my dad were not going to tell me what to do. If I didn't want to go to school, I didn't have to go to school. If I wanted just to go work, I'd go work. I had to make the decisions for my life. And I, I didn't know how to make that decision. I really believe that time when someone graduates is one of the most stressful times of a person's life because it's actually the first time they're making a decision for themselves about their future. For some, that decision is already made and they already, they already have that direction. But for many, we don't know what we're going to become. And I, all I knew is I didn't want to mess it up. How many of y'all been there where you just don't want to mess it up? And so I went below, I got alone with God. No one was at church. It was, a, it was an, at nighttime. And I just began to lift up my hands and I began to cry out to God. I said, God, I don't know what to do with this thing. I don't know the decisions I, I need to make. I, I don't understand. I, this is just so, it's too much for me, God. I need your help. And I just closed my eyes and began to worship the Lord. And as I was worshiping the Lord, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit come. And, he, and I literally felt him standing behind me. And I'm, I'm just, I got my eyes closed, my hands lifted up, just worshiping God. But now I feel his presence upon me. And I felt him just wrap his arms of love as if someone was standing behind me, wrapping his arms of love upon me. I, I had my hands up like this, that it was so real that I literally went into his, his embrace like this. And as I was worshiping God. And I was having that encounter with God. I felt all the stress that was upon my life just lifted up off of my shoulders. I felt complete peace. I still didn't know the answer, but I knew that whatever I was going to do, whatever my life was going to take me, that God was the one that was going to direct my step. I walked out of that place with peace. Peace that I could not describe, amen. I thank God for his peace. He's so good, amen. Another time, I, 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 was in the, I was young in the ministry, 
And I was going through a situation that I couldn't tell anybody. I literally felt like I was, I was the only person, that there was nobody in this world that I could talk to. And, and I, you know, you all have pastors and ministers. You all have, have people that, that help you. But what do you do when you're placed in a position of authority? You can't just talk to people because when you tell them some things about your life, many times they end up using it to hurt you. And that's just, you know, that's, that's something that they're dealing with. And it's really hard to find someone that will, that will cover you in your time that you need covering. Amen. That you need that love. And, and I, I, I was going through something, nothing that I had done, but something that was happening around me. And, uh, you know, my mother knew, my wife knew, those that, that, that my family knew, they knew, but, but there's nothing that nobody could do. I was all by myself because I had to make the decisions. And so I'm, I'm thinking, man, I need to talk to somebody, but there's nobody I could talk to. So I went in, into, into my prayer closet and got along with the Lord. And begin to cry out to the Lord. And as I cried out to the Lord, the Lord covered me with his love, covered me with his peace. I got it all off of my, my, my life and, and I just felt so much peace. I walked out of that, that prayer closet and there was a newspaper on the, on the bed. And when I looked at the newspaper, there was a minister, there was an advertisement for a preacher that was coming into town. And I remember that preacher because when I was a kid, out of all the evangelists and ministers that came and preached for my father, he was the one that actually took time to get to know me when I was a, when I was a child. And I saw his face and the Lord said, go talk to him. I went to that service that night. And I, I, I went up to the altar after everything was done. And, and I reintroduced myself. And he remembered me. And he just looked at me and he said, Kevin you need to talk to me? I want to talk to you. And so I got alone with him, and, and I just cried and cried and cried. But it was so beautiful that God sent someone from another part of the world just to come and talk to me. Amen. That's how good your God is. He loves you. He doesn't want you to carry that sorrow. He wants to set you free. Amen. Hallelujah. And then the, the last testimony I want to share, I was driving down the street, downtown San Benito on Sam Houston Street. And as I was driving, I heard the voice of the Lord. And he said, your father is with me. This was a Saturday night. Two minutes later, I get a phone call from his secretary saying that my father is, is being rushed to the hospital. I already knew that my father was with Jesus. The Lord prepared me so that when the news of his passing away, it wasn't news to me. The Holy Ghost already informed me about what was happening. And so I was able to give God glory in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of pain. The Lord sustained me. I was able to have peace. I was able to give him praise, even in a, in a dark time like losing your father. Amen. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, I know we're running out of time, but I want to pray for those that are watching online and watching on television because I really believe that the Lord is going to set them free. It says, Isaiah 41, verse 10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The second key 
to overcome sorrow is to hold on to his promise. Hold on to the promise of the Lord. We don't have the answer of why situations happen. But we do have a promise that he will heal us. He will strengthen us. That he'll be with us. We have Jesus. He's with you. Amen. He loves you. And nothing can separate you from the love of God. Amen.